number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday, everybody. Hope your day is going well. Hope your weekend went great. Appreciate you being with us. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew in the house as well. Twitter is at Jay Cameron Show. Four State starts spring football today with high expectations and a lot of uh, a lot of coverage, a lot of media coverage, a lot of speculation about what this team will be and where they're at. A lot of news in the offseason already for Four State when you, know, you think about last week alone, we were going over the contract extensions and the salaries for these guys and, and looking at uh, Mike Norvell's extension originally. Uh, obviously, all the stuff about the ACC, Florida State situation there. One thing that you want to continue to do is there are a lot of ways to put pressure on the situation as far as our presence in this conference and our desire to be out of this conference. But one of the ways that you position yourself to uh, have a, a conversation in which you can bargain from a position of strength is to win, is to win. Keep winning. Got to follow up last season's 10-win total and the lofty ex- expectations that come with it with another minimum 10-win season so that you are constantly negotiating from a position of strength, but also you are putting yourself in the best possible light for those that are watching, those that are looking onward. I mean, those numbers continue to climb in terms of viewership and the 4 million-plus audience and all of that that you want to see. Like that, the, the more important games you're playing in, the more success you have, the more high leverage and high profile those games become, the better position you're in with potentially uh, being asked by another partner if you'd like to dance. And so you get that LSU game right off the bat. We already know how huge that is going to be just in terms of what's possible in the season. It would give you... Uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card if you were to win that game. You could lose to Clemson on the road in the regular season, knowing that you would be likely, as long as you don't stumble anywhere else along the way, you'd likely be right there in the ACC championship game with an opportunity to avenge the road loss to Clemson because you won the LSU game. If you lose that LSU game with all these expectations, not the end of the world. Wouldn't be stunning to lose that game if it's a hard-fought, well-played game. You lose, I don't know, 31-28, something like that. You wouldn't be happy about it. And the reason you wouldn't be happy about it, you would understand it, but you wouldn't be happy about it, is that now you have no margin for error. Now you got to go win that Clemson game. Now you got to go and do what would seemingly be very difficult. Not impossible, of course, but very difficult. So uh, I don't think you want to put yourself in a corner like that right off the bat. You want to get that win. And the reason I bring all of that up, even though it's months from now, and, and is that every day we go to practice and watch, we're watching with that in mind. We're watching to that end. Where are you at? Where do you need to be? How far along? How close are we? I would not be surprised, Tom, and I'm just going to theorize this, put this out there, posit this for everybody to think about. And it would, it, it would, it would be, I, I think it would be a surprise, but I would not be shocked if that makes any sense. And here's what I'm going to say. With that offensive line looking like it does, just, just you know, and again, we've got to watch them in pads. We've got to watch them throughout spring and especially in fall. We don't know who's going to be healthy and all those things. Knock on wood. But, man, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time all of this spring ends, spring game ends, we go into that uh, oftentimes what we feel like is interminable offseason, although I I feel like it's going to be quick this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I was starting to be of the mindset that Florida State will win convincingly. The LSU game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, 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 because if you're going to control the line of scrimmage 
to a greater degree than you did the last time. You already, if you think about the, the play calling in that game and how well prepared they were for that moment, you have, you have if they don't if they don't fumble on the goal line, they're going to blow them out. I mean, well, you had two possessions inside the five, yeah. you come away with nothing, right? So now, let's say you have a responsible kicker that you trust. You've got a deeper, bigger, stronger offensive line, more weapons in the red zone, and a quarterback who believes in himself who's already come to a place now where preseason he's thought to be a Heisman candidate. Whether he does, is or isn't, that, that's what the way he's perceived because his performance suggests as much. So imagine then you've got a team that can control the line of scrimmage with a quarterback who makes good decisions and when things break down can make people miss in a phone booth. Imagine the amount of weapons you now have that you didn't have at tight end from a year ago that you now have. I mean, you're going to be able to throw the kitchen sink at them. You can really do it every week. But LSU did not handle that very well, and they had a very good defense last year. They went on to kind of get it together. They had player for player in terms of athletes. They had they had players. And Florida State's offense will be better. Now, again, LSU improved from that point forward as well. I'm not saying that it's a cakewalk or anything like that. I'm just telling you that I have a suspicion we're going to see a hungry, focused, deep, talented team that will go into that game very confident, and I will not be surprised if I'm talking to you and saying, you know, Tom, they may win this game by two touchdowns. I'd like that to be the case. I think that's a fun conversation, and I'd like to see the practices between now and then that lead you to that conclusion. My concern for the offense is that if they can just set the line of scrimmage in a way that they haven't before. There's no need to get fancy. There's no need to spread the ball around in that moment. Is there a need felt by the staff to do too much to spread the ball around, make sure everybody's happy? Or if Trey Benson on the first couple of drives is dominant, are they willing to do to LSU or any other opponent what they did to Miami this this past season on the road, which is, oh, you can't stop this play, this concept? We're just going to keep running this play. Because I know this works. I love that. I love the maturity of that with this coaching group because a lot of guys want to show you how smart they are. Or because they can, yes, I know I can do this well, but you know what? I want to show you that I can do this. I want to set this other thing up. You don't need to set up a second thing if your jab is working. If you've established the jab with the run, keep going with it. My number one concern is that they are so loaded across the board that they don't know identity-wise what they want what to they're be. Gonna, what they I, I just trust Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell right now. I, I think the greatest strength of this coaching staff is is game planning. They do a very good job. They did even when we were bad. I mean, I, I thought they did a good job game planning even when they were bad. They didn't have the horses. They couldn't execute. There were a lot of times things broke down because they, the player personnel was bad. They'd get run by or run over. But they were put in positions to succeed. They found ways to score with an inept offense and really – substandard quarterback play a couple years ago. I mean, that that's what they were able to do. So I just think that with these options and with these weapons and with this depth and with those two guys in particular coming together and putting together game plans, Florida State's really going to be a bear on offense. I We'll see what they are on defense. I think they'll be better there. I'm rooting for Fuller and I'm rooting for this defense to be good. But, man, I know they're going to be good on offense. Well, the other thing to consider, too, is how the quarterback manages the situation. Because even in that championship season where we were setting records without going tempo, Jameis would make sure to manage the game early such that KB got, got the ball. Got people involved, yeah. 
And do there need to be wrinkles like that this year because you've got a lot of larger personalities? It wasn't because Kelvin Benjamin was a great teammate nope. that Jameis was doing that. It's because I need him not to shut down on me. Yeah, I, don't, by the I second need him quarter. to stay engaged knowing that the ball could come to him if right. he's not the featured receiver on this play. I could just see where that might crop up. This You've got a lot of guys trying to make headway for their own selves. They they are together and they like one yeah. another, but there is there is this other thing now, which is a lot of these guys have a professional future in front of them and real money, not just you know nil money. They got real money in front of them, and how do they all work together to get where they want to go as a group? But then also, you only have one football. How do you distribute it to keep everybody going and engaged the way that KB was? I just like that the starting point, the jumping off point for this team is one in which locker room engagement and belief in in, in one another and, and the harmony that you know we speak of on the regular is fully intact. You don't have even you know, you, you just don't see it. I mean, these are guys that seem to really, really love each other. Where you develop problems is only after you've achieved something of merit, of note. They have never done a thing. If we're being honest, they went from being damn sorry to good. That's all they did. They didn't win the division. They didn't play in the ACC championship game. Because they didn't, they didn't win the ACC. They did lose yet again to Clemson. This one was at home. And for much of that game, it was ugly. You know, they had to hold on for dear life to beat a bad Florida team, to beat a bad Oklahoma team. They didn't achieve anything of note. They just didn't suck for the first time in five years. So to me, I think the hunger is there, and that we that will be what bonds them. They've put in the work together to get to a place where they could even have expectations, where it was fair to have expectations. But I, I think they're willing to sacrifice their own personal numbers in order to, to win something, to achieve something, to walk out of here with a ring. Like, whether that's a conference ring or whatever, I mean, to walk out of here with something, all of that hard work, all of that sacrifice, all of that that five and seven nonsense, all of that, well, we got to win something. I mean, we did this. We came back. A lot of these guys came back or a lot of these guys transferred in because the thought was they're going somewhere special. They've got a chance to do something. Well, now this is the chance. This is it. You can't be BSing about worrying about whether or not you have 12 catches, 10, or, you know, six games in the season or 25. I mean, the ball's going to be passed around based on Matchups. You know, there are a lot of guys that can have big days for this team. Our def- our offense is going to be tough for defenses to prepare for because we can play it any way you want to play it. That's the number one thing that calms me down from those concerns is that this is an offense that has it's been said before the season started and it'll be said after, you know, a lot of these guys leave after 2023, which is this is designed to find one-on-one matchups and then that's where the ball goes. Period. Period. It's not about playing favorites. It's not about a ratio for certain guys. It's yeah. about how do they line up? Let's use our indicators, or in this case, Jordan Travis doesn't need a whole lot of that because he has a great understanding of the offense. Where is the most advantageous matchup? You've got rules. The ball goes where it's supposed to go. Or Jordan has been very good at, and this is by the coaching staff saying this, I, you can't really tell from the outside, but when he gets into his run checks or he checks out of a play, Jordan sees it. He sees what needs to be called. So that's the number one calming thing is the offense is not designed to feature somebody. It's to feature the open man, and that can change on any point. got a lot of guys that can do just that. You know, I'm weird this way, but I'm reminded of it. Somebody mentioned something in the chat. Um, 
you know, we in, in a year in which we're going to play LSU on September the third, and we're all got it circled on the calendar, and what we'll be doing, and friends will be meeting over in Orlando, and the shows we'll be doing, and all that. In a year in which you you, you lead off with LSU like you did, uh, well, you didn't a year ago. You had Duquesne, but uh, you know, and and a year in which by week four in September you're playing Clemson, you know. So just like that, you've got these huge games, and obviously all these years. Uh, feature games against your arch rivals, Miami and Florida. <laughs> I'm sitting here with a like a red circle around that road game against Wake, October 28th. I'm done with that nonsense. We need to beat the brakes off of Wake Forest, Tom. I mean, of all the things that somebody might point to, I'm oddly sitting there going, "I'm done with this nonsense." We need to beat Wake's ass in an unholy way. Like I want that coach to complain publicly after the game. I want him not to shake Mike Norvell's hand. I want him to be that pissed off. I want him to start a feud. I want him to go to the press and say, was there really a need to kick that field goal up 52-3 to in the fourth? Why did you call timeout to kick that field goal? Because I could. And get used to it, buddy. We're going to beat your ass for the next 10 years. If I can beat you by 50, I'm going to do it. Because you should have never been on the field with us. This is nonsense. Well, I'm going to make a YouTube short out of this one. I'm telling you. I'm going to flip sides for you, too, as you're talking to yourself. <laughs> I'm just you saying. Know? Why did you feel the need? Because I could. Because I could. And if I could have thrown a touchdown pass there, I would have done it. And and kick the onside. I'll kick an onside on your ass up 56-7. to seven. I'm going to do it. Line it up. Kick the onside. Let's go. So go to that game. Pick that game. The weather I'm, should be turning up there. It should be beautiful. And then you could go up there and, you know, this take the hill thing that we've been trying to do forever. <laughs> we've never taken the hill. When's the last time that we won up there? Was it 15? I don't I don't know. It's I think it was 15. Dalvin scored the long touchdown then pulled his hammy. Yeah, I give them a lot of credit because there's some 50 people that go to that school and it's a miracle that they've done what they've done. And he's a really good coach and they're, you know, they're a good team. But damn it, man. I mean, damn it, man. I am done with it. I it, it, this struck me the other day. I was going through the schedule cuz I was trying to talk to my dad about what games we want to go to on the road and where are we going to meet up? And, uh, and he was like, well, I don't know. Do you have one that you really want to go to on the road? And I'm like, well, Pitt, I want to go to the Pitt game on the road. I, I always like going up to Pittsburgh. I hate that it's in November this year just because I wanted to see baseball. It's in November. <laughs> but the weather should be beautiful in Pittsburgh in November. So, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'll go up there. And, uh, and so we were circling games. He's like, well, I can do that one, but I probably won't meet you in Orlando then. I was like, all right, well, whatever, Dad. And I said, like, do you want to do another one? He's like, is there any other one you want to go to? And I looked at it. I was like, I want to be there when we beat Wake Forest ass. I'm done with this nonsense. I'm tired of it. It's you ridiculous. You got to slide down the hill, bare cheeks. <laughs> I don't there know about go. bare cheeks. There I, you go. I'll take my shirt off and wave it over my head as I slide down in my jeans. It's going to be chilly. <laughs> It'll be late October. It'll be chilly up there. But, man, I, I really do. I want you to be able to circle back to this video clip next year after the game. Be like, man, Cameron predicted this ass kicking. Look at this. I want, I want to be uncomfortable. Like, in the stands, sitting there, and we throw on second and one, yeah, up 49-7. Yeah. to seven, And he throws a bomb in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's my coach. That's my coach. You're up 35-3 to three in the second quarter, a minute and a half. They have the ball. Yeah. We're calling timeout. Yeah. Second and 10. Timeout. Timeout. Y'all like, oh, yeah, that's what time it is out here today, boys. I hope you packed a lunch. This kind of ass kick is going to go on did all day. The broadcast, did Did they? who called the timeout? Well, was it Florida State? Florida State? I think Florida State did. Florida State called the timeout. All right. 
Buck 27 to play in the half. Wake Forest trails 35 to 3 on their own 19. Second and 10 coming up. Next play, they run a draw, stuffed for a, you know, one yard. Third night. Timeout! Timeout! Florida State is angling to get the ball back yeah. here. But what do you think of this? But, well, it is still the first half, obviously. Been a team that's uh, frustrated them. So I want to be sitting next to a Wake guy going, mm hmm. That's, what's, that's what we're doing out here today. The Wake guy wouldn't even be paying attention. He'd just be cashing his checks from the ACC equally distributed to Wake Forest. I'd be like, you ought to think about that as you're leaving at halftime because this ass kicking's coming. They give a disbursement to everybody in undergrad of a $1,500 or $2,000. Like, like, Man, we're coming out here with our starters to start the second half, too. They're not getting pulled in the third quarter. You better buck up. We're, we're pulling out all the stops this week. What do I care, monsieur? <laughs> we are paid equally. <laughs> We're pulling out all the stops, baby. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Jeff Kimber Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. You know, over the weekend, Tom, I have mastered something new. 
you know, I, that doesn't happen. But I, I've really lawn fertilizer. Nope, nope. That would be a good guess given my age. No, no. I can now really uh, Philly cheesesteaks. Oh, for the right. family, for the family. I was making them for the family. I it did really, really good. I've gotten good with the spice, everything. Really, really good. I'm not a green pepper guy. Bryce is, so I do the right thing. I go get a fresh one, dice it up, do you know all that, buddy? Phenomenal. Right bread, all of it. Melting of the cheese in the meat. Doesn't he like spice? He does. You throw some fresh jalapenos you in there. You can, you can, and Ooh, I have. Buddy. And all I right. Have. Yeah. No, I've mastered it. Took some time. I even take the meat, put it on the cast iron. Get all that seasoning in there, buddy. I was so proud. You I almost really a- enjoy preparation of food. I do. Yeah. I almost took a picture to send it to you just to show you I was going to be that guy. Like, hey, check it out, Tom. Look at this. Look at look at your, look at your boy's preparation here. Had the music going, cold beer, sitting there just doing it up. Had baseball on in the background. It was a good, yeah, that sound, right? Oh, yeah. it's a very good sound. It was good. It was good. I was very pleased. Uh, I It's about the third time I've done it in the last uh, two months, but I nailed this one. Kids loved it. So anytime that I make something and they're like, oh, I like that, Dad. You should do that again. Positive reinforcement. So then I just do it over and over again until I perfect it. Well, the weather really invites for things like this to happen, too. The deck weather, as we say. It, it's been a, a tad warm the last couple of days. Just a little, yeah, a little, little extra. A little bit, yeah. But it's funny. We're, we're getting the extra hour this weekend, which I know you're a huge fan of. Buddy, I am as well. Let's go. Let's spring forward. It's time. But the combination this weekend and last of having baseball on one television and then the weekend of golf on the other oh, television. Buddy, wasn't that great this weekend? We have arrived. We are out of winter. We are all the way out down here in Florida. Shaved ribeye, Simpson. Is that his new nickname? I just went straight with Simpson like we worked at the uh, postal, postal Service. My name is Shaved Ribeye Simpson. Simpson. Love that chatter down there. Get this lady her box. Stamps. Uh, you know, I did. <laughs> it was, it was fantastic. I was very pleased. Yeah. You just want to yell it out. Johnson. <laughs> the original was Hammerhand, but anyhow, uh, we're going to talk to Iris Chappelle or chant.com here in just a second, as we have an opportunity to kind of get his thoughts on a number of things, on a number of things. Uh, so here we go. He's there. Hello, Ira. I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Hey, let's go through a couple of things and then get straight to football. I'm going to see you at practice here shortly, but uh, let me let me let's start with this. Uh, mercifully, the basketball season is going to come to an end tomorrow, probably uh, at two o'clock. Uh, some dubious records, uh, unfortunately, for this basketball team. I don't want to get into that again. I've already mentioned what those numbers are. What's your gut feeling as we wrap this? pitiful season up as to what's going to happen in the offseason? Uh, you know, look, I mean, I, I think Leonard Hamilton definitely wants to keep coaching. Okay. I think he, he believes um, he's got a plan to uh, mm. to fix to fix the situation. And then ultimately it'll be up to the powers that be whether or not they think that's a, a suitable plan. But uh, as it stands right now, um, you know, he wants to keep going. I think uh, because of some of the things that, you know, we all know in the, in the sport of college basketball, how quickly – things can turn around. I think they'll give him that opportunity, but I, you know, I can't say that for sure. I haven't gotten that confirmed by anybody. Yeah. I was just curious. I know obviously 
you've done a great job of covering that program for years and years and years, and you usually have your hang, handle, uh, you know, you have a handle on, on the personalities and, and who's what and what they're thinking. So I just think it's interesting that you know that you, 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 it's your belief that Leonard wants to be back. Okay. Well, there's no, no, no doubt about that. And he's already, I think he's already got a plan of what the roster is going to look like uh, next year, assuming he does come back. Okay. All right. So there's that. Moving from there, your thought that a month from now we're saying what about this baseball team? Is it still that they don't pitch and are, you know, suspect fielding but can really hit? Or do things get better on that side of it? I think it's probably going to be what it, what we think it is. Mm. Um, you know, and it's not because of a lack of attention to detail. Sure. I think you can pin, pin any of this on Link Jarrett. I mean, I think it's, you know, it kind of goes back to you were just talking about basketball. And we talked about how early, you know, we've all talked about how early in Leonard Hamilton's tenure, uh, oh, they're not a good free throw shooting team. And it's like, well, when they got better shooters, they became a better free throw shooting team. I think when they get better defensive players, they're going to be a better fielding team. And so I think they've got some issues there. Um, I think they've got uh, obviously some a lack of quality arms in the, in the on the pitching staff. And I think I have confidence that Link Jarrett and the staff will, will remedy those situations. And I think they may get the most out of this team. But I don't know that you're just going to uncover some some quality arms. I mean, this is now we're three weeks in, and we still haven't really seen Montgomery or Montgomery or Bowmeister consistently put together strong outings. And if that's not going to happen. Uh, that's going to put a toll on a, on a bullpen that's not very strong to start off with. On to football, where I just made mention a moment ago that you and I will be there in attendance and probably do a stand-up afterwards, which would be nice. But uh, what are you most excited to watch now that spring football officially begins? You know, I think, uh, especially until they put the pads on, I mean, I'm really excited about some of these new skill position guys. Uh, I mean, I just driving over to practice today, I was thinking about Jaheim Bell, and, uh, you know, Kyle Morlock and, you know, obviously Akeem Williams, but Central Cypress, a corner. I mean, I think those these first couple of practices, we'll get a good feel for those guys, like how, how those guys run routes, how they contest passes. Uh, we'll see some one-on-ones, so I'm curious to see how, you know, Cypress looks. And then also the freshman DBs, uh, K.J. Kirkland and um, Quadarius Jones. Mm-hmm. So, so those guys, I mean, I think I, I, the story of the probably season is going to be the lines of scrimmage, how much better they've gotten on the offensive line, the defensive line. Uh, but I just don't think we'll see much of that the first couple of days. So I'm really excited about the skill guys. We're all on the same page. It's a brief appearance from Ira Schaffel <laughs> today because, listen, we got things to report on. We can do it tomorrow on some of the headlines. We've got a practice to watch. I'll see you over there shortly, buddy. Be well. Go back to talking about food, Jeff. There you go. There you go. I'm going to go back to talking about food. No, I just – I listen, what, what can we do? You want me to have him talk about the the, the volleyball team? I mean, we're not doing all that. How'd they do this weekend? Combined no-hitter for uh, softball this weekend. Yeah, they always are good. They're going to be good. They'll be good. You know how it is with softball. We're just waiting for the postseason, Tom. We're just waiting for the postseason. Because they're always good enough to make a run to maybe win a national title. So you're just kind of like, you know, you're kind of like, eh. I do like that uh, there was an energy again. And let me just say this. Is that two games this weekend for baseball? Buddy, that atmosphere is that they're back. It, it's to have that energy in the crowd and, and anticipation. That's really what I would say. The anticipation of seeing this team and embracing, you know, whatever it is they're going to be. But, you know, the start of something new. And I think there's a real enthusiasm. There's a vibe. You can feel it. I thought attendance was really good. If you look at the three games, Saturday was really packed. I would say Section B 
Love you guys, but uh, can we arrive on time? Can we, can we get the game on time? What are we doing out here? Game started. Come on, baby. Let's get, let's get in the stands here. Let's go. I'm just, I, I love them, but. but... Great. I'm not going to hear the end of that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the game on time, guys. I think I'll delay my first appearance at their tailgate a week now. Thank you. Oh, their tailgate's great. I'm just teasing. I'm just saying. I just noticed Corey and I. Corey was really dogging him. Corey was all over him. Oh, God. He wouldn't stop. I was great. Like, hey, come on, buddy. I mean, they're having some fun out there in the parking lot. It's going to be all right. He's like, well, it's a big series. It's a big series. This team's good. we got to take them seriously. They're not going to show up on time. Okay. <laughs> I, do, uh, I did note that for the Saturday game, as I parked, walking up and watching all the folks at the softball game. I love when that bleeds over like oh, that. When you the get best. the folks. Yeah, that that is a great environment. Especially when they get to Supers for softball if they're hosting and then yeah. you've got a regional here for baseball. It's you cool. Walk back and forth. Yeah, it's really cool. Walking up and you know that energy was good. I stood for a little while, watched a little bit of the softball and then walked on over into Hauser. But as that was filling up, I thought this is the way it should be. Everybody feeling good. Back to ball sports. Here we go. We go a little something to it, a little something to it. All right. And uh, you felt it. Well, I, th- I think part of that really was Florida Gulf Coast being good and us recognizing, damn. Yeah, by what, the second or third inning on Saturday? We're like, oh, this wasn't a one-day fluke thing. They're just they're just going to mash. That's what they do. Well, just seeing them, looking at them. I mean, yeah. you could tell right away. You're like, well, damn. I mean, we said it last hour, but for those that miss it, I mean, these are grown-ass men rolling out over there, 24- and 25-year-old kids or men. be a broken record about it, but this is the legacy of COVID eligibility is you have a lot of these teams around the country, not necessarily the top-tier programs because they tend to churn them out from high school, but some of these other schools. It's very much like watching a bracket uh, and an upset at March Madness because there's a group that's been together for four years at a school or a program you don't typically know about or, or talk about but there they are, all 22 years old, peaking at the same time. That's happening in every sport. It's bringing the parody to the forefront. The other thing I'd say, can we call that parking lot by Leach the bat-to-ball lot? The bat-to-ball lot? That's perfect. That's good. Or bat-to-ball alley? I'll meet you over at bat-to-ball. Well, where were you? Right over there off of bat-to-ball. Oh, right in that area. Oh, yeah, the bat-to-ball right there. That's good. It should erect a tower in the middle of it. With bats VIP, and balls. And that's right. Yeah. VIP seating for 10 to 15 people. You can watch both. Look at that. Name it after me. Bat to ball Cameron. Yeah. I'm going to go over by the Cameron. The bat to ball? Yeah. Yeah, same thing. How did you get tickets? Yeah. I know, Jeff. Platinum Cheek. <laughs> or Chief. <laughs> the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chan TV. Coaches don't do it, but I really wish they would go live today. <laughs> I wish they'd hit the ground running in pads today. Let's go. You can't do it, but I I, I mean, I, I you quite literally can't do it. You're not allowed, but I, I wish they could. At least I don't think you're allowed. Um, so, I mean, there's a number of practices you have to have before you can. No pad live? <laughs> it's just helmets? No, no, no. I want them to be in pads first day. Let's get, let's get in on. No. It's no pad live Monday. We, listen, we've been running around for a month. No more pussyfooting. Put the pads on. Let's go. You want to talk about indoctrinating freshmen in a hurry? Ooh. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a toughie. But yeah, I, obviously I'm being selfish just because I want to watch those tight ends and pads. I want to watch those guys play and line up and make football plays and 
see what they are, see what we can be. It's it's exciting the idea of that. And um, unfortunately, we got to wait all week long. I'll be greatly anticipating that. You can still learn some things about, say, the offensive linemen in terms of their ability to bend and and stuff along. Yeah, those lines from you know when they do the individual drills. Look at technique. I'm going to ask you about that tonight when we're live in the 7 p.m. hour here on Warchant TV for yep. uh, Monday Smash. But out of those guys, when you take a look at those drills, who looks the part and who looks like they can handle it? Now, when it comes to the moves and the over-the-shoulder stuff for the defensive ends, it's much more free-flowing. That's not fair. Yeah. But I want to know about Byers. Does he look like he profiles to you as a tackle, a guard first, interior player? I want to know about Casey Roddick? How does he look? Lucas huge. Simmons. I'll tell you what he looks like. Huge. Yeah. Simmons, as a true freshman, did he look completely out of place and overwhelmed? And then both Early and Richardson put on a lot of weight, and Alex Atkins talked him up in the one-on-one interview that you did with him two weeks ago. Both of those guys. How do they look? We do know that a lot of what we're going to watch throughout the entirety of spring is a lot less scrimmage-esque and a lot more teaching, a lot more fundamentals a lot more repping what you have to get right to have success in a play. You know, like understanding, teaching these young guys, especially some of the, well, the transfers too, who aren't young, you know, they, they, they've they got to learn the playbook. They've got to learn the way Florida State's coaches want them to execute things and, and the way they want them to, what techniques they use in these things. So a lot of that, you know, we won't get all that stuff that I've kind of am really antsy to see until we get into the fall, and I know that. You'll see enough of it. You'll see enough of the matchups. But uh, this this is, Alex Atkins said it. He's right. This this will be a lot about teaching. So there may be some guys who are uh, really, really quick. Other guys who come in with great form. Remember, one of the things that Alex said and that some of the coaches have alluded to before, when you get a transfer portal kid in, you remove your ego as well as a coach because you could learn something from that player that they learned from another coach elsewhere that you then adapt that you adopt you, you take in and say yeah you know what i i like that i like that you know i mean so we'll see if there's any of that because you've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of football that are coming in yeah and i would think on the offensive side of the ball i mean just looking at the scholarly count as it is they probably want to add one or two more players between the spring and the fall window you could see a departure from Every position on offense not named quarterback at the end of spring? It wouldn't be a stretch to think that a receiver or two might call it quits after they see how things shake out yeah. up through the spring game. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be shocking to see an offensive lineman or not two. Not at all. Not at all. Running back room is really crowded as well. Yep. I mean, you, Yeah, there could be quite the purge here, and it's because we're sending quality players out onto the market. Not just the guys who are already left. Malik, Malik McLean is a quality player that mm. left Florida State yep. and now is off to Penn State. I think we're going to flood the market with a handful of dudes. It, receivers just so hard to sort. Uh, you have Mike Norvell talking about Darian Williamson a lot. Ron Dugans was talking on Friday with me when I had the one hundred and one about Deuce Span. Well, you know where I stand on Deuce Span. I have really been excited since the day we got him to come here. Uh, not just because he's a Lakewood kid, but I—that's I, a guy. When you look at that body type and you see that athleticism, if he can figure it out catch the ball consistently, learn to run those routes. I mean, that athleticism, there may not be a better athlete on the team. Look at him. He's a freak. You see the photo that Gene yeah, took? Yeah, it's nuts. That vertical against everybody else in line? Wow. I'm telling you, I mean, just be, 
we we just got to see that kid figure it out. We need the light bulb to go off. He's got to be refined. Uh, I would assume he's worked really hard. And so I think we'll see real progress there. You're right, though. This is, as I dubbed it before, the camp of hurt feelings. And I, I think you're going to have um, probably somebody at almost every position. You're right that you would say, uh, he's a candidate to call it a day. Spring's going to reveal that he's not close, buried on the depth chart, and it's time to go. I hope not. I mean, I, I would love for guys. Yeah, look at that picture. I mean, he's literally flying. That's crazy. And to hear that there's refinement in his game from his position coach and Ron Dugans, it's just, it's very telling that he's going to get a crack at it. The other thing is for the receivers this year, if you're good and you're borderline, you could be talked into staying because there's a lot of them leaving. Winston Wright's gone. I'm sure Pittman and, and Johnny Wilson are gone after this year as well. So if you're in the rotation this year, just wait a minute. It's going to be okay because in next year's offense, you're going to be targeted an awful lot. Remember that that is something Mike Norvell has talked about, that if you're going to rely on the transfer portal, the balance, the ability to sit and talk to the young men and, and get them to hear you about you know where they're at, these honest conversations. I brought it up this past year where I talked about part of your job as a coach, if a player's not where he wants to be, is to lay out the path of how does he get there. You know, your job as a coach isn't just to, you know, sit across from a player and say, do this, do that. This player has real goals. This player really wants to succeed. You recruited this player. They're now third or fourth on the depth chart. They're frustrated, but you think they have real ability. They're just not there yet. It's going to take a year. It's going to take two years. You have to lay it out for them. This is what you'll have to do. I see real promise in you, or you don't, or you don't. Maybe the kid's a bust. And you got to be real honest with him about that, too, without saying that. You know, maybe maybe there are other opportunities for you. I understand. I understand your frustration, and maybe Marshall is the right spot for you. But the purpose of this meeting today is alternative opportunities. Yeah. There's a great opportunity at Utah State. I was just on the phone. No, but you know, that's – if you've got a guy that you really want to hold on to and you think can really be of value to you as an asset to that segment group – He's just not ready, and he's frustrated because he thought he was, you know, he's a four-star kid. He thought he was going to come in and play right away. He's just he's buried behind a couple of uh, upperclassmen that are really good, and you know, you got to put your best players on the field. You have to make sure that you sit across from him, and I think Mike is really good at this. Clearly, uh, is, is that you know he can say to that kid, "Look, we we love you. You've done everything right. Keep working hard, man. I'm telling you, I see this for you. I know you're frustrated. I know you're an anxious." You want to get it on the field. You only have so much time left. Um, but let's really look at this roster right now. The two guys ahead of you, one's a senior, one's a junior. I'm pretty sure he's going to leave after this year. I don't see why it can't be you next year. You know, and, and here's what I need you to do. This is why you're not on the field. You're not on the field because. Boom, boom, boom. I think this staff has done – one of their strengths is communication, is laying it bare for all these guys. You know, and any – yeah, the fact that Mike talked about it publicly to the press at the luncheon, you know. Well, that speaks to one specific development for the program, which is there's a hell of a lot more talent here, so I don't have to sugarcoat anything anymore, or it I don't does. have to deflect. It, I can just be direct everywhere at all times. I love it. When he said it, I was trying not to laugh because he was basically telling some of those guys, like, look, man, take it on down the road. 
Take it on down the road, Chief. Maybe I'm not going to bargain with you. We yeah. sucked two years ago. I might have had to sit here and listen to this nonsense two years ago. I don't have to listen to this now. Be like, have a good one, Slappy. Maybe you post the two deep in in the locker room, and you got that. So there's the the columns for each position in the two deep. Then there's this separate list, and it's not a cut list. It's just a look, comma man list. Look man, <laughs> look man. And if you are on the look man list. Come see me. Come see me. Come see me. I'll talk to you. We could get you off the look man list, but we, right now. We can get you on somebody else's roster. Look, man. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Well, also, you're dealing with different levels of maturity with these kids, and that's anywhere. That's at the job. That's anywhere. Uh, and, and so you don't know, like, if a kid was, let's say he's from a small town and he was all everything, and he started both ways, and he was dominant. He ran track, played baseball, basketball, football, you name it, and he was always good. He was always lauded for being good. Now he comes here, he's, he's against like athletes or even better athletes who, who uh, obviously at this point have passed him by and he's buried and he's frustrated. You know, he may not have the maturity to deal with that kind of setback of not being the guy, of not being ready to play right here, right now. Because he was always first man up. He was always the guy. And you have to have those conversations. You have to, you know, look, we recruited you for the very reason that you have an ego. Like, you are sitting across from me right now because you think you should be out there. Well, I knew you were good. You knew you were good. You displayed that in high school. But now you're amongst kids that are like you. They're also really good. And ain't gonna just, I'm not going to gift it to you. You're going to have to earn it. You're undersized. Or you don't know the playbook. Or these are the reasons I can't put you on the field. At least not yet. And some kids can handle that. And some can't. Some are going to leave. Just talking to again, my who were your you had tow cars and then you spoke with Adam Fuller at length as well too during the luncheon yeah. portion of Friday. Mm -hmm. But I think I got Ron Dugans for ten minutes, and he was talking about the number one thing that he's going to work on with Hakeem Williams and Vendravius Jacobs is I'm taking the stars off. You know, yeah, it, it's you know if you slacked off in a drill in high school, no big deal, you're the man. Nobody's gonna say. But here it's get on the line, get your feet on the line. So I, that's something that I fully expect to see this week and throughout the whole of their first spring camp is that those two particular stars who I'm sure feel for the right reasons about themselves very confidently. Yeah. 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 They're going to get checked. This is what Dugan said from the word. They're going to get checked and they're going to get taught how it, how it's, how it is here. The good thing is that our receiver room, could you imagine if you had freshmen that maybe had a little bit extra something, something to him walked into the situation last year, <laughs> they would expect to play and they'd no, be I'll right. Probably be right. And, yeah. and it could foster a problem. But not this wide receiver room. They're walking into a much more healthy and talented and diverse group of players that are older than them. So it, their their growth curve, I'm sure, will be a lot more healthy than it would have been if they were here just one season ago. It's a hard uh, transition playing big-time college football, I think, for receivers. You know, it's a little bit like, you know, I guess stay with me here on this. You, you guys will understand what I'm saying. It's a little bit like offensive line. If you're an upper crust offensive lineman in high school, 99% of the time you went against a guy you could manhandle. Technique didn't really matter. You were bigger than them. You were stronger than them. You're going to be able to do it, whatever you ragdoll people in eight of the 10 games you played. You know, you might come across another Division I guy who's going somewhere where technique was going to matter and you'd, you'd better execute or else he was going to take advantage of you. But a lot of times you might go through an entire campaign where you really didn't see anybody who could match up with you when you got your hands on them. Well, it's true of receivers, too. A lot of these elite receivers, if you're a guy who looks like Akeem Williams, who the hell's checking you in high school? Who, who's running with you and high-pointing the football against you? 
Well, and you look at, for example, the, the workouts last Thursday, and yeah, it's a giant hula hoop on the ground and some cones and some whatever, but you look at the way Winston Wright navigates that, or Pittman, or Kyle Morlock, who's mm-hmm. a sixth-year player. They navigate these things with such fluidity and polish, and then Hakeem runs it, and it's a, kind of a, of a disaster. You're like, oh, God. But he never needed to. Yeah. He never needed to worry about those little details, but it's, it's kind of neat to be able to go there and cover a, a drill and see... This is where he needs to get better. It's like watching last year with Daniel Lyons and Bishop Thomas and Odell Hagens with the sled talking about their form, and it was just trash it, for what it needs to be against 22-year-olds. Yeah, against real players who have been in a system, who've, who have technique, who are disciplined, who have seen a lot of different things, have gone up against a lot of different things in terms of experience and moves and form. Right. Yeah. And that's not me opining. That's Odell yelling at them, saying, this is not going to cut it. Right, the, right. The great right. thing about you know guys like Tafasi and Daniel Lyons is they could still win reps and not have that refinement. And that's what Ha Hakeem Williams is still going to win some one on ones without oh, being a refined yeah. wide receiver. Well, that's why I think he'll see the field this year. I mean, he's gonna yeah. play. Yeah, he's I gonna mean, play. I mean, that's that's a big, strong kid. He looks the part. They may simplify it. I don't know, you know, what I don't know how far along he is in terms of uh, offensive concepts, but he the, the, you know, he's gonna get on the field. If you can create one on ones with him, he's gonna win. They've done a really good job of creating one-on-ones for most of their guys. I mean, again, this offense, they create one-on-one mismatches. Well, by default, there should be. If you're deciding to guard Hakeem Williams first, then somebody else who's far more accomplished and mature Mm -hmm. as as a body type is going to be wide open instead. That's the benefit of this offense. Oh, circle back to the start of the show when I was talking about, well, maybe halfway through the first hour, when I was just talking about I (laughs) have every belief that this offense is going to be a nightmare for teams. That that. It feels like the certainty that I would hang my hat on. You know, how many games we win? Are we a national championship contender, playoff contender? Will we win the conference? These are questions, these big picture questions that we ask each other as fans. But the one thing that I would say was, well, I know they're going to be good on offense. I can say that with certainty. Offensive line, a depth of weapon at running back, wide receiver, a quarterback with all that experience. Yeah, they're good. They're good to go. We're done. I can't hear anything. No, there's no music yet. All right. I mean, we are, though. You're correct. I just We're saw in the that. final minute of the show. No, I just I, I thought I was going to throw it and say goodbye, but I didn't hear any music, so I thought, wait, man, maybe I'm early. Maybe maybe I screwed up and didn't. I, I certainly didn't mention the hot tubs, but we should have. Pinch a penny. Go see him. Greer Street. Tons of them. I'll do you right tomorrow, Pinch a penny. Listen to us at 7 o'clock tonight on Warchant TV from That's the tub. Yeah. yeah, from the tub, and I'll be from the practice fields. Uh, be good, everybody. This was fun. I'll talk to you again tomorrow, or actually tonight, at, uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, as Tom just alluded to. Good work out of you, Tom. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Peace.